I've never done this before, but for this episode, I need you to understand that it is rated NR17. This episode talks about making money in the sex industry, and there are moments when the conversation uses terminology, etc., that you would expect when talking about the sex industry and related topics. If this makes you uncomfortable, please do not listen to this episode. You won't hurt my feelings. You won't hurt Minnie's feelings. Also, I don't want anyone emailing me saying that they were caught off guard in this conversation. No, you weren't because I just recorded a disclaimer and a warning <laughs> letting you know at the beginning of the show that we're talking about the sex industry. We're talking sex cams, sexual behavior, and other topics around relationships and body autonomy related to the sex industry. You've been warned. Are you a fan of the envelope system, but are afraid of accidentally losing your cash? Cube Money is a digital envelope app that is FDIC insured and uses a debit card paired with it. For the past year, I've been testing it out and I absolutely love using Cube Money and have become a huge fan, which is why you're hearing me share this app. If you're trying to keep your money organized, Cube Money may be a great resource for you to use. I am an affiliate, so I do want to share that as well. We're talking about the sex industry in this episode. Have you considered writing erotica or romance? If you're looking to start your author journey in a, in a supportive, non-judgmental space, my Make Money with eBooks course is the course for you. My goal is to support authors of color and allies to get their written works out there in the world and hopefully make money while doing so. If you've told other people about your writing dreams and they've put them down and discouraged you, I created this course and space to nurture your writing career. My goal is to help you to get your books done, connect with a supportive writing community, and hopefully make some money along the way. Go to michellesmoneyhungry.com backslash ebook dash course to get more information. I've also recorded an episode detailing how to make money with ebooks and make money writing erotica and romance. So that is also linked to in the show notes as well. All right, let's get to it. Welcome to Michelle is Money Hungry. I'm your host, Michelle Jackson, having impactful and informative conversations all about money. Today's episode is really interesting to me because I am very unfamiliar with the space that we're going to discuss with my guest. I've done a thousand different side hustles, but this is not one of them. So I am very interested to hear about this industry, how my guest got into it, and just all the things. So Minnie, if you could do me a favor and introduce who you are and what you do, as well as your where you exist on the internet, so like your website, I would love that. So my name is Minnie. I'm officially on the internet. My name is Minnie St. Clair or Minnie C. Riley. And on the internet, it, where I mostly started off in is online porn. I started off with webcam model and then I branched off to affiliate marketing 
And then I added a YouTube channel. I rant on Twitter. <laughs> and uh, I try to rant on Facebook, but it, it doesn't work the same way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then Instagram is there. I, I, my family uses it to track me down and get mad at me. I wouldn't respond back. So <laughs> I'm pretty much... I'm around the internet for like 18 years. So I started online in 2003 as a webcam model and I'm 36 now. And yeah, I'm still on the internet, still making money, still a webcam model and um, getting into the financial, uh, financial independence space. I have a lot of questions and there's a lot to unpack. And I wanted to do this conversation after being on a zoom, like in a zoom meeting with you. And you were talking about career on OnlyFans and just online, but I kind of am curious about, I'm curious about a lot of things. I want to know, how did you even end up working in the, in this industry? What happened for this to be the, you know what, this is the track, the trajectory I'm going on. So what triggered me to enter the adult entertainment industry was, I'm like 17 or 18. I'm at the bus terminal and I looked around and I had sex with everybody and I got bored and I was like, I'm going to do porn. Like, that's it. Like, <laughs> So when I said it, everyone around me, they thought I was nuts. And everyone around me are also people from high school, close schools by that told me I shouldn't do it or ruin my life. And we had this heated argument on the bus when I was going home. And that didn't stop me. I, I was deterred. Like, I'm a stubborn type of person. I make up my mind and go do it. So from me yelling to everybody, I'm going to do porn, I went online and I found out how. So I emailed porn websites. They all have their little help wanted, help wanted email address. Or there was online directories for adult jobs. One of them still around called Sexy Jobs and Adult Modeling. Like, there's a bunch of websites online that had jobs available for camming and then some in the newspaper. So between online where I responded to an ad and a girl called me back, she set up my photo shoot, I got paid $500 cash. I bought myself um, that CD player, the Panasonic CD player, when CD players were like, <laughs> what you're walking around with. Right. Um, yeah, it was, it was like, oh, it's real. Like as soon as the guy took my pictures, private collection pictures. I don't know where those pictures are. So they must be still in his private collection. And then webcamming was added in the paper. Um, 18 plus webcam, uh, work in the house while you're on cam. And I answered the ad in the paper. And it was a man who had a house, turned into, he turned his living room into a webcam studio, but he offered what he was advertising. So I ended up working there and living there as my way of leaving home because my parents were neglectful, abusive, and just not paying attention to me. And I was already a high school dropout. I don't want to ask this question, but I do feel like listeners are wondering it. So I'm going to ask it. Was the neglect part of why you, you were seeking connection with others? Like for prior to doing this work, you, you start with the, the statement, you, you, you had sex with all the people around you and you're like, well, why not empower myself in this other way? But if your parents had been different, do you think you would have done something differently 
or is it just too late to even ask a question like that? I mean, because yeah, it's a, it's it's the ever, forever question of if I went back in time and did things differently. But my parents at the time had me before they turned twenty five, and then their parents are um, generations of slavery. So right they didn't have the emotional capacity to notice psychological problems, abuse, why I was being rebellious, why I was coming home at four o'clock in the morning because they were at work. Like my mom's a nurse and then my dad drives public, the public transit bus where their shifts are eight to 12 hours. They come home for three hours, they go back to work. So me being their firstborn, they, they, they expected I would follow the rules and not question them. Mm. and completely forgot oh yeah we have to raise you to become an adult they they forgot they were so busy raising a proper child they forgot to raise me to be an adult mm. so there's there's that gap that's in there that I mean we could blame it on my parents and then after a while it's it just it just becomes me when I turned 18 I aged out of child child psychology therapy and then high school was expecting me to graduate and then if, there, if, if you're expected to graduate high school and you're no longer available for youth therapy groups, you kind of have to go out there and go make it, make money. Mm. So that's, that's where that comes from. It's like, it's a complicated layer thing. Right. But to get the quick point of what was going on at that time, my parents just didn't have the mental awareness of I should get, get help for you, regardless of what it looks like for their, their status. I also think that at that time, like the conversation around that is very different than now, to be honest, especially for families of color. I I think that we feel a lot more empowered to talk about addressing mental health issues and seeking out care, um, even if it's not at rates that we would like to see. In fact, today, as we record this, Simone Biles, so by the way, Minnie is Canadian, So just as a side note, but Simone Biles, if you guys are Olympic fans, she just withdrew from the team uh, competition in the gymnastics, you know, uh, competition. This is a kind of big deal because this was her like saying, hey, mentally, I'm not there and I can't I don't want to do this. Um, And so I'm just making that little aside to say that the conversation and feeling empowered to either you know, address care for a loved one. It's just very different now than when you were 18. And that, and that's just, that it, it is what it is. Um, what I do want to ask is when you were first going into these spaces to do this work, was it unsafe? I I'm, I'm inside freaking out a little bit, but I'm also remembering being, and, and I hope my mom never listens to this episode because this will freak her out. I remember going to San Francisco for New Year's Eve one year. I was like 21 and we were in gowns, not gowns, like cocktail wear. And my friends and I were hitchhiking across San Francisco, ended up in a car with a man who ended up actually being a photographer for Penthouse. He had a Porsche. I'll never forget this. He found one of my friends very like excited. He was very excited about one of the friends because she was really beautiful and he gave her his card and he got us to where we were going safely. But when I look back, I'm like, oh my freaking God, 
we were hitchhiking on New Year's Eve in cocktail dresses and ended up in this man's car. And it could have gone either way. And so you're sharing, you're talking about how you're going to these job leads. Was there ever a lead that wasn't actually legit? Like, were you ever in a situation where you were in harm's way? Close, but not. So the same time I started in the industry, I guess a fellow colleague that I knew of got murdered. (gasps) So it's because, and so with her, it was because of like, they did a documentary about her and I recorded it when it was on TV. And I talked to her briefly on the phone because so even, so the house I was in, I was forcibly confined, but um, he gave me permission to go out. He gave me permission to make sure I got my braces taken care of because I had braces at the time. And my parents were so paying for my braces. So it's, so it, it just not, it's, it's hard because everybody's in the same pot. Mm-hmm. There's good parts, there's bad parts, and you, you won't know what they are until they're exposed or people are talking about it or they do, you know, a 30 minute news documentary on you. So it, it's, it's, there's the risk of not being safe is, is always there. And then um, it's not like you can go to HR and report anything. You just kind of take it as a learning experience. You just don't go back and do that again. Or you tell your friends this, this situation was bad or depending on how much money you were making, you might go back and go do it again, depending on like how well you can just compartmentalize the situation. What were the conversations like with your friends and family after you started really doing this work in earnest? And were they aware that you were not free? You weren't free. If you, if you were detained in this, in this home, you weren't free. So could they tell that that was an issue, that that was happening? So at the time, my mom was only worried about if I was pregnant, because Mm. the rule was if I got pregnant, I'm not allowed to live at home. So that's what she was focused on. And because she spoke to the man who was running that in-home DIY webcam studio, she thought it was fine. Like, and then whenever the times I got permission from him to, you know, get my braces, get my passport, um, things like that. I would, I would meet up with my mom. She would spend the day with me. She'll hang out with me. Should she drop me back off to that house? I would walk into that house. She never followed behind me. So there's, there's a lot of complicated stuff of just how it happened, how I kind of got lucky. And then I use the same industry to get out of his house to live on my own. It's, it's, it's not a linear path of what happened. There's a lot of parts. And then if people are like, well, I saw her last week. She seemed fine. I talked to her yesterday. Oh, she's on MSN Messenger because MSN Messenger was popular back then. Wow. Um, yeah. And then with my sister, she found out of me doing it because a friend of ours sent her my link to my webcam and she saw me live on webcam and then she sent that link to my dad. So as far as they know, because they saw me on camera and I was, if you chat to me in the chat room on that website, I would respond to you. And if they said, like, depending on what they were saying, they knew it was me based on how I responded, even though the website lists me as a different name. They kind of like, oh, she's she's here. Like, we know where she is. Like, she's Mm. in this neighborhood, but they never actually came and knock on the door or. um, 
yeah, of the times like when I went to my appointments for my braces and I saw my mom because we're getting my passport signed because of the way the passport documents are signed up, a doctor has to sign your passport forms. My mom didn't, she, she'd fix my hair for my passport pictures and she didn't do anything else. Like it was, yeah, it's. Basically it was fucked up. Yeah. On, on many, many events that I just can't, I can't give you a why for every one of them. I, I guess my last question on this before we get really into the heart of the conversation is, do you, do you feel angry about that? Like, do you, how, how are you now? Because where you're at in your career, because now this is a career is very different than the beginning. So are you and your family like good? Yeah. Or is there a resentment about that? I mean, you know, it's your parents. I mean, you love them, but there's always a but. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> like, there's never, there's never, I, I love you full stop unless you really had a really good childhood. So mm. as of right now, based on speaking, I speak, I speak to my parents. They know right now I want to go back to college to become an accountant. They know I've been living in my current apartment for 14 years. Um, they know I'm getting disability benefits from all the stuff that's happened to me. And um, depending on what question you're asking my parents about me, they will say they're proud of me or um, they're sorry. It just, it kind of depends on what's going on. Either they apologize for what happened or they say that they love me and they're proud of me or they wish I would choose something else. So yeah, it's, 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 it's complicated. A, yeah, it's a mixed bag of everything. What I find really interesting is I think you're the only person that I can recall who's actively in the sex industry in the personal finance space that I've spoken to. Maybe there are other people that are, you know, like low key, but this is very much a part of your online identity of, I feel like an empowerment play on your part as well. Could you talk about how, how the money is and how it was enticing and what, what is the work that you do now? Like, just talk about the money because when you first started talking about, like you made 500 bucks, I was like, damn, I remember those days being 18 and 17. Like I left home at 17 and a half because I graduated young and I went to college and I remember like the minimum wage was maybe $4. <laughs> and so the idea of making $500 as a young person in quick time, it, I could see why that was so tantalizing. So could you just talk about how the money is, is uh, enticing in, in that space? Yeah, it's definitely the primary lure of why people sign up for this. I mean, they like you sign up, like for webcam sites, you sign up, you wait a week or two, they approve your account, then you click broadcast, then chatters and members are coming into your room, some have paid accounts, some don't, and depending on the webcam site, it's either token-based tips or it's private chat by the minute going on, and my first webcam check was 300 US dollars which is like, again, $500 Canadian. And then the check after that was 1500 US dollars. So yeah, I made like almost $3,000, $2,000 sitting, sitting at a camera and a place that became my home because my home wasn't safe anymore. 
where I didn't have to go anywhere. I just had to click broadcast on a camera. And then with, um, I got into dancing, I got into um, adult videos. That was more money. That was, oh my gosh. Like I remember I have pictures on my Facebook where I typed, I laid out the word yes with all my money. And then I got $710. I spelled out $710 with my money. So it's, yeah, depending on what aspect of the work you're doing, you're either walking home with cash or you are pressing a button to um, cash out. And so, some girls are making $1,000 a day. Some are trying to make $1,000 an hour. I know mm. one girl posted her screenshots at $20,000 a week. And then because of the way it was involved in a conversation in a message board of how much do you make? And people are posting their screenshots. And as the screenshots got bigger of people's numbers getting bigger, more models and performers on that thread got more angry. And it's, 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 this is an industry that's commission-based, performer-based, personality-based. So the income range is anywhere from $1 to whatever number you can think of after the end of it for like 20, 30 years of an industry for the webcam side of it. So it's it's just lucrative because of how it's set up. It's, it's set up in a way that low entry, mostly men feeding off of their instant gratification. And some of them think they're in love with you. So they spend more money because you prom- like some promise, they promise them a f- an experience that in their head, they turned it into a real bona fide relationship. I am curious about, I'm, I'm, I want to go a little deeper into this monetization model and you've got, just like with anything, you've got a range that you can earn, but what, what would you say do people typically earn? Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I mean, clearly most people aren't making 20 grand a week. So how were you able to grow your income and where is the money going? Like I'm making that kind of cash. What is happening on the back end with the cash? Is it taxed? What are people spending on? What are you observing? Because if people are making 20 grand a week, that's really different than me making 500 a week. You know what I mean? Even though 500 could be life-changing if I need childcare for my kids here in the U S what are people doing with all that money and and how do you grow your income on a on a platform like that so i know with me with my income for me my maximum at the even now it's i need to make a hundred dollars a day if i make a hundred dollars a day i'm completely satisfied my needs are met i'm pretty happy then there was a point where i was working webcam sites phone sex sites i was doing videos I was dancing because I kept up my stripper license because my city needs a stripper license where I was making five to $10,000 a month. And then it switched to $5,000 a month all online on the internet. So then it was American money. You convert it to Canadian. It's like about $10,000 a month. So for me, the money I was spending was to buy friends. Like I had a boyfriend who had a gambling debt. I was at the club every Friday. I was drinking all the time. I was buying lingerie all the time. I would travel to different cities and brag about being a cam model and come home. This is me like 18 to 25 in that window where say, like 
and I opened my retirement account, but I didn't grow my retirement account. And then I cashed out my retirement account because it was a boy. It For what the money that comes in for, it's the range of every dollar denomination you can think of. And some, some spend it on cars, they spend it on buying houses, they spend it on whatever they need, their kids, everything. And then some of us are just barely getting by. So it's, it's an industry that literally just lays out wages are not fair. Here's your opportunity. Do what, do what you can. Why on earth did you get into the personal finance space? Like what about the personal finance space was attractive to you and positioning it from your professional experience? Because of the default of making a lot of money and not putting anything aside in sex work. So a lot of sex workers, they get in, they make a lot of money when they're younger or when they're able-bodied to, and they wake up one day and they have nothing. And then like there's a sex worker I know that she's 50 plus and she's still working, but it's, it's physically harder when you're older to work unless you magically are into fitness and take care of yourself and do all the collagen and all those things. It's not like that for everybody. It's a small window of opportunity for people that are health fitness people that last long in the industry. And then there's people that are drugs, alcohol, and decline. It's, yeah, drugs and alcohol, all two things I know that age you the fastest and stress. So mm. depending on what side are you in, you're on of, oh, I could, you know, make a booking and make my money back or I can log on and make payout and then just pay those bills. Cause that was my cycle when I was working online. I was, I was work, working online at home. I felt bad that I had more money. So I got payments. I got Wells Fargo. I got every loan I can get access to by building my credit. Cause I was building my credit from the money I was making because of regular deposits in my bank account. The bank offered me a credit card. Then I, I got a laptop. I got stuff I don't even know where they are today it's just yeah it's so now personal finance I'm like well I'm going to be 40 how much money do I have for retirement oh zero dollars oh I have to do <laughs> I have to put it there because social security for me would be 30 dollars a month mm. when so, I, I'm going to interrupt and ask this question do other people in the sex industry know about your work and what's the feedback been like about talking about money and finance and, and just the future? It, well, so the people that have their money together in sex work don't talk about what they're doing. And they I could imagine why it it's, it's the weirdest thing. So like in side hustle space, the Robert Kiyosaki space, I know everybody like set up your LLC, put your investments here, do multiple streams of income, all, but in sex work, nobody talks about it. They, it's more of spinning your wheels, working a website, hoping you make it in the contest, then the pay period starts over the end of the week, you spin your wheels, hope you make it into the contest. So, and then anybody who's establish or they have their houses together or their cars together or their kids in private school are not saying anything of how they did it how they structured how do they walk into a bank and get loans or how do they buy property no one says how but they all show their pictures on instagram so we know they're doing it but they don't 
show the steps to get there. Why is it important for you to be that, that person? Um, I don't want to be that person. I just want to be that person for myself. So, mm-hmm. and be, because the internet makes me money, I tend to focus on what makes me money. So if it's YouTube making me money, an affiliate link making me money, a blog making me money, or my old recorded cam shows making me money, I want those to keep going because it's money. I'm not going to turn down money because I'm on a different path. I, I want all my income streams to be coming in as multiple increasing quantities in multiple places like Robert, um, Bob Proctor says all the time. What do you wish someone would have told you about this industry before you got into it? Like what would have impacted you? The type of knowledge that could have impacted you at, at the beginning? I don't need to be in everything of the industry that makes money. So I went from webcam to offline strip clubs, massage parlors, escort agencies. I should have just stayed at webcam and then go to school, but like go to school knowing why I'm going to school. Cause there was a gap of when I left home and I'm living on my own and I'm making money, everyone was trying to convince me or project on me that the work I'm doing is going to ruin my life when it hasn't it's 18 years later I still do it I'm doing podcasts and interviews and speaking on panels so the work I'm doing is actually getting me somewhere and then getting me somewhere where I think I need to be an accountant because the industry needs people to support people with their 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 finances because the, industry, the sex industry has a handful of proper accounts that will actually take on sex workers as clients to manage their money or file their taxes or set them up as LLCs because of stigma. Mm. I want to touch on, actually, there's two different things. I want to touch on just what is the expense to running your business? So I, you know, like any other, so I used to be a dancer and I've danced since I was four. And there's all the practicing and there's rehearsals and there's the outfits and there's the makeup and there's the hair and the nails. Am I right in thinking that there is a list of expenditures in order to really attract clientele to your channel and, and just to be, to stay at a level where people are like, we want to see you you know, like facials and, you know, am I crazy in thinking this or am I on, am I going somewhere with this? Yeah, it's, it's similar. It's similar to any, and anybody in entertainment mm-hmm. that of like plastic surgery for people, some of them, they have to get their lips done and this done and everything else that they can come up with that involve you being under anesthesia and hopefully you don't die. <laughs> it's because <laughs> Jeez. I don't know how to paint it. I'm sorry. I, I'm not, I'm not up for it. <laughs> <laughs> because of like, even so like certain cam models, they, if they get their, let's say their breasts done, they're wondering how long can they get, get back to work? Will their customers hate them for getting their breasts done? And then presenting their new boobs and then try and make money off of it when they make it so much about other people instead of what they're comfortable with because when the camera is off you're living with that body you're living with the surgery recovery or if the surgery went bad or 
if you had your breast done three times, it comes so superficial, you end up losing yourself a little bit because you're too busy projecting the character, which was happening to me a little bit when I would buy I would buy um, certain outfits for when I was escorting. And my friend's like, this character is more fun. Can she come out more often? And I'm like, what do you mean? So yeah, the costs involved, like technology-wise, it's pretty basic. Computer, internet, webcam, good lighting, a good comfortable space to work from, and then anything else you want to add. So then there's the category of BBWs that are big and um, beautiful women they may not want to lose weight because their category is being big. And then there is big breasted where it's either big breasted naturally or big breasted um, augmented. And then there's the skinny girls, which I used to be that category where I look like I was, I look like I was 18 forever, never going to gain an ounce of fat. And then I aged. I'm in this in-between category. I still look young. But people think my pictures are fake (laughs) and I'm not comfortable yet in my body to go out and take new pictures so I can upload it on my profiles to make me more money when I want to have to do it because I'm attracting a new demographic. I'm attracting the, I'm in the in-between. I'm in the in-between age appropriate, 40 and above. And then I'm still getting the younger guys. I think I'm, I'm a MILF, Mm. whatever category it is. So Mm. like it's, you have to adapt in a way that if you're making it career, you, when things change on your appearance, you're ready to just roll with it and not let it activate your insecurities. You know, it's really interesting about these different characters that you mentioned. And, and it kind of came to me as you were saying this in romance, they also are the same characters. So I write romance books. There's the DILF, right? Like the single dad next door. And there's all, so it's really interesting how these character tropes kind of play across, across industries. And it's just, just a random thought as you were talking, I was like, that sounds familiar. (laughs) Um, And, and just something to think about what is the best thing about doing this work for you? The flexibility and then making American money living in Canada without living in America. Girl, what is the worst thing about doing this? Um, it's challenging now because I'm getting older. And then I live with a multiple, I live with multiple sclerosis. Mm-hmm. So physically, my body likes to run off and have its own schedule of symptoms or side effects so that affects that affects my ability to work and then um i'm home all time i'm home like all the time like the pandemic is nothing i've been home all the time since 2003 of work from home go out and get groceries come back get maybe get my hair done maybe not like it's the pandemic irritated me because my hair salon was gone my nail salon was gone. My massage parlor was gone. My, um, the day spa was gone. Like I couldn't just do the little things where I can recharge and come back to work. Would you say that it's a lonely career based on that? If you want it to be. So I made sure because I 
because of how I started where I looked around everybody I had sex with everybody I made sure I kept up my casual dating activities no matter what so because of that I had to actually remind myself go out there and date somebody now I'm in a relationship for seven years it's an option I could do it I need to as soon as it's strip clubs are available I plan on going so <laughs> that's next on the list of going for work or going for hanging out Going out to um, patron as a customer. Okay. So I tend to visit male exotic dancers. I spend my money on them. I, it's like the law of re- reciprocity. Mm. So I give it back to another sex worker. I work online. I make my money back. And when I was doing that, when I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis, because it was my coping mechanism, I was making back a lot of money. So the law of attraction, it really does work because it was, it was working really well for me when I was doing it that way. So that's the plan next. And yeah, not being, so not making it lonely is an active practice that you do of socializing with people in the industry or outside the industry, which is why I entered into the financial independence space. So I can have other conversations with people and then let people know that I'm here. (laughs) Like it's type of thing. Because of hopefully breaking down stigma of people realizing, well, they just work. They're trying to reach five, just like, you know, everybody else. I actually, I have, I'm curious about a couple of things. So you quickly mentioned that you were being requested to speak on this topic and uh, you're going to different conferences and things like that. How has your career evolved on the professional side? I don't mean the active performing, but in the back end, in terms of these conferences and things like that, could you share a little insight into what that looks like and where you're going? So luckily it's not a fast thing that's happening where I'm speaking on podcasts or conferences. It's been a slow progression, but what I'm noticing is that when people after they're coming up to me and they say that they've, they read on my blog posts on a forum called StripperWeb. I've been on StripperWeb since 2004, where typically you just saw a username and whatever response, that opinion they had in the reply. Um, having cam models come up to me and say, yeah, I know you from this. And I'm like, wait a minute, what? Like, I'm not, I'm not used to my messaging, my, my experience being used as someone else's toolbox. Mm. that that part is still like hold on someone read what I said and they agree or they got a result from what I said I'm not used to that like I still produce content but I still I still get very like shocked by you watch all of my videos why like yeah it's yeah that part I'm not that part hasn't registered as a place to feel like accomplished yet Cause it's, 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 a, it's a con I, I do a con like, like I'm talking to you, like I've talked mm-hmm. to other podcast people. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a weird thing of, wait a minute, people actually want to hear what I have to say. Yeah. So I haven't, it hasn't processed. What kinds of conferences are you attending? Are, are they in the sex industry or are they outside or both? Um, so during the pandemic, it's been all sex industry related. So they were Why Not Media, um, XBiz, and then GFY. And then for outside, it's just been people inviting me on their podcasts. What is 
intriguing to you about that, this experience of speaking about your experience? Like, why bother? Like, why do it? One representation of people of color, there's like zero. And then the stigma around sex work is still there and it's holding on to a message that needs to die. What's the message that needs to die? That I'm immoral, I'm obscene. um, I like just Puritan messages that don't fit with the projection of people need multiple ways of making like an income without feeling ostracized from the previous industry or the previous work experience. Like there, online, there is a pastor who became an OnlyFans model. She was running her congregation. She was running her church. And then the church is like, well, you, you can't have OnlyFans. And she, she left the church for OnlyFans. This is what's happening now. I don't know why people are trying to keep me as deviant or superpowers or I'm going to automatically steal your husband. If I wanted to steal your husband, I would. But I, I'm, I'm staying single. Yeah, it's. Or yeah. you may not be what the husband wants anyway. I mean, like people are very uh, <laughs> conceited about certain things. Like, you know, people, people want what they want. They may not want you. Like, I, I always find that to be very strange. And I'm, only, and I'm only barring him if it does happen. I'm sending oh, him back. No. Like there's, oh, <laughs> there's so many, like, I just want to rent him for five minutes give him a happy ending and send him back. Like even with my boyfriend, my boyfriend has the same, he's very like flexible with if we do an orgy or a gangbang and he's like, yeah, you can do it. I'm like, wait, what? Like you're my boyfriend. How, what? Cause I, but he's also in the industry. Am I correct in thinking this? He is. But even if he's in the industry, I still had. So when I was dating male strippers, they didn't want me to see other strippers. They wanted me to be exclusive to them and they can run around, do whatever they were doing with who they were doing it with. So they became like possessive. We're exclusive, but we didn't have the talk about being exclusive type of people where this person is. Yeah, sure. Oh, you want to try that? Okay, great. And then but I after, think that's like, a little different. I think that's what are the, what, what are the boundaries within our relationship and what do we define as parameters of what's acceptable or not within what we do between, you know, ourselves. And I think that's a very different conversation that happens in each relationship setting up what is acceptable within what we, what's our relationship. I think that's a conversation that people have. Wait, yeah. When they have that conversation, yeah. my past if, relationships, if yeah, my past relationships weren't having that conversation, but it was assumed. I knew that was part of the relationship. But because this is a money show, we, we're going to tighten it up a little bit. <laughs> I'm going to keep that part in, but I, I want to tighten it up a little bit and just kind of get back to the, the money part, which is the, the final aspect of this is what about fire? was so interesting to you in terms of like in all the places and all the spaces in the personal finance world, why was fire the one that intrigued you? It was a tangible target. So like it started from following the Ramsey baby steps and then fire gave me a target of you need this much money in retirement. Like you can get it as fast or as slow as you want to get, get there. And it just, it just made it, it made it more sense of why, why I make money 
And then when I get paid, where does my money go? Instead of to the club or I buy my friend an iPod because I, I'm in a shopping spree mood. Like now I'm not buying, I'm not buying the gifts for friends the way I used to. Like mm-hmm. now it's like I save, invest, like I pay my groceries, I save, invest, and then I budget out $100 a month or whatever for gifts. And then at the end of the year, if there's $1,200 there, I want to buy two people an iPod, I'm buying two people an iPod. Like it's, and I'm not depriving of my investments for the future. What have you noticed in terms of the difference between what you see happening for people in the industry in the U.S. versus what, what's going on in Canada? And I mean, from a financial standpoint, is there a difference or is it just they're just two different countries with the same business? Well, Canada and U.S. copy each other. The big difference is the cam model studios that are overseas, like Colombia, Russia, Romania, they they don't have a lot of job options. They Their minimum wage is still $5 an hour if they're lucky. So for the cam models over that part of the country, some of them, this is all they know how to do. Mm. So if, if a Canadian or American um, protester organization wants to come in and say, we're being immoral, we need to defend our dignity or whatever Christian bias they want to use against us, it could shut down the whole global industry. It's not it's, it's not an American thing. It's not a Canadian thing. It's a global industry because when you visit a campsite and you see all these models on that site, not all of them are in your country. Like some of them don't even speak English. Some of them are learning English while they type to you in the chat room. So it's, it's way bigger than what we think it is. And the money, the money for me that I think is not enough for somebody, it's, it's, it's a whole house. Like for us making $100 a day and think, oh, $100, that's not a lot of money for someone that's like their food for like two months or three months, whatever it is. For the financial back end, and I want to talk about OnlyFans in particular, do they, I'm assuming they get a percentage of your profits. Could you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So I'm not 100% sure of the breakdown with OnlyFans. Hmm. Because I remember reading it, it could be 80-20 or 70-30. Mm-hmm. So for every member that would spend money on you, that gets split between OnlyFans and you. And for like, my boyfriend has his OnlyFans. So like his Twitter used to post when people would t- um, give him a tip in his OnlyFans account. So sometimes he'd get to $500 or $300. But he charges $20 a month her member and his OnlyFans account. So he has has a subscription. There's a subscription part of this business model? Yeah, with OnlyFans. So OnlyFans, it's a content creator for you. You're the content creator. You upload your content in OnlyFans. OnlyFans bills the members a monthly fee. And then there's an additional tipping feature, like a gratitude feature in the website. So then a lot of people just interact in that where it's off their social media, they tell them to join their OnlyFans and then from OnlyFans. So like my boyfriend would get requests for custom videos from, from his, um, from his members. And sometimes I'm involved in the custom video because depending on what his fans are requesting him. 
are you actively on OnlyFans now? Or is that, why would you, what are you doing now? I do live stream webcam. So, so what's the difference? I, I guess that's the part I don't quite understand. OnlyFans is like Netflix. Right. You pay $16 a month for Netflix. And right. then Netflix uploads all the content. And then instead of clicking, I like this button in Netflix, you would click, I like it plus $5. Okay. And that's, that's how OnlyFans operates. But what, what, what are you doing? I do live webcam where they see me live streaming on, on a website. Mm-hmm. They can click on virtual gifts or virtual gifts. They can send me candies, hearts, high heels, the fungibles. So like it's, it's digital, digital objects that have no real value to me, but the money behind it. And then um, they, could, they could take me private chat. So one of my private chats on my website is 599 a minute. And then there's an exclusive chat on the same website for $9.99 a minute. And then there's the option they can buy a block session for 15% discount for no 15 minutes with um with a small discount out, out of the $9.99 or $5.99. And that's pretty much it. So I'm on this website. They see me. They tip me to dance. They tip me to stand up. They tip me to smile. They tip me to show my boobs. And then if they want if they want to have a one-on-one interactive chat, they would be paying $9.99 a minute or $5.99 a minute. And then that website would pay me 35% of the private chats, the the gold, they call it gold on their website, and they and the the tokens, like the like the lollipops, the candies, all right. those things that they pay for. That I get paid 35% out of that. But then if they buy a video of me on that website, I get paid. Fifty percent. So I have a video on there that's twelve ninety nine. So every time someone buys it, I get six fifty. Why would you choose this this platform versus, say, OnlyFans? Like, what was the decision making between the two? Because OnlyFans is a lot of work of you and a camera talking to nobody. Oh. So you can upload your videos, you can upload your pictures, and in the morning, and then that's it. Like my boyfriend's away out of town right now in some Canadian location that looks tropical. So I'm jealous, <laughs> <laughs> so jealous, but he would, he would go to these places and take all the pictures and upload in his OnlyFans. So by the time he comes back from his trip, he's made, he's made more money. So like he's doing scuba diving, he's doing rock climbing, he's doing all these things, taking pictures of himself and uploading his OnlyFans. And his fans, they fans, they feel connected into his ecosystem of what he does for a living. Oh, so with OnlyFans, it functions a lot like social media. So you have to be on a lot more than what you're doing. Right. Oh, okay. That totally makes sense to me. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. I left that that part out. So all that mundane extra stuff has to be on OnlyFans. So they feel very connected and like you're, they're hanging out with you and there's this like deeper connection and and they're only a fan of you versus like I pop in and out for the other one. I don't have to be like nurturing a, a connection on a, I totally get that. That's a lot of work. That's a lot of work. Wow. Um, we're wrapping up this conversation. This has been so interesting and I really do appreciate your patience with me as I ask the questions, because I want it to be just sensitive and respectful of, your business at the same time, 
being aware of my ignorance. And what I guess I would like to ask as we wrap up is, what do you wish people would know about the people who are working in sex industry work? We're anybody. We're literally anybody. Like some of us are personal trainers. Some of us are nurses, but we still have, we do chatterbait with our husband. Yeah, like we're, pe- like we're people you see every every day. I mean, yes, some of us have a quality the way we look that you kind of guess they have an OnlyFans because between Instagram models, cam models, porn stars, strippers, Cardi B. Whoa, Cardi B? What's happening with Cardi B? Because Cardi B has her OnlyFans. That makes sense to me. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, so Sorry, that totally makes sense to me. Okay. Yeah, Cardi B has OnlyFans and then whoever... Love and hip hop people, I think they got their OnlyFans. OnlyFans just became, oh yeah, let's talk about OnlyFans because of Cardi B talking about it when it's been um, been actively online since 2014 or 2016, mm. where porn stars and cam models were using it all of this time. And then like my boyfriend that has his OnlyFans, he retired from doing adult videos to OnlyFans. So he's still active. He's a remembered porn star and then he keeps his fans happy and active with his OnlyFans. But OnlyFans did not happen during the pandemic. It happened well before the pandemic. Right. So that and there's people who didn't have their jobs in the pandemic that made an OnlyFans, made money and they would like to go back to their jobs. Let them go back to their jobs. They didn't stop being a bad worker because they went home and took some pictures in lingerie and twerking on OnlyFans. They're still the same person that you hired for that job before the pandemic. Basically, they were good workers before and they had to do what they had to do. Yeah, because you guys weren't paying us for money. You don't pay us money to stay at home. You pay us money to stay at the job that we had. So it's, yeah, but to stay at home and make OnlyFans, that's that's how we do it. And then, yeah, some of us want to go outside have another job, talk to people, do the water cooler thing or the, you know, the office softball team. We still want to do those things. What do you think the future is like for this industry? Because I I feel like the change to online is a huge change in the direction of, of where, like what people can do in the space. Do you, do you have a, a feel for that? Um, an idea or you is there a trend that you're kind of watching yeah so I know an adult entertainment space they want to get into the gaming space because we're not allowed on twitch because we're porn stars or cam models so a lot of social media is trying to push out sex workers so then we need another space to create content so like there's a couple of adult websites that turn into gaming websites, at least they should be gaming websites, but they still act like cam model websites where they're there with um, their sex toys in their vagina all the time. And then um, the fact that there's Instagram models, there's Twitch models, there's OnlyFans people, there's YouTube people, there's more things on the internet wanting your attention and wanting you to spend your money. Uh, like online now, like with pixels being followed on Facebook, just because you looked at, you know, room dividers for five minutes, because <laughs> that's my Facebook right now. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what's happening. There's more people wanting our attention. And the iPhone is getting bigger and more clear. If I, if the next iPhone is 4k, we have a problem. 
<laughs> Why? <laughs> we don't need 4K to watch Netflix. We get 4K to watch porn. Oh. All of HD. Because of, I hated myself in HD when HD came out. I saw all my cellulite. <laughs> then HD became, what's after HD? I yeah, don't even 4K, know. I'm, yeah, I'm I think 4K. Yeah, I think 4K came after. We don't need it for sports. We don't need to see the football in 4K. Like, <laughs> this is this is what's <laughs> happening. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, <laughs> that's kind of funny. If we want to support what you're doing. Oh, actually, there's two last questions. One's really easy. You were talking about making affiliate income. What were you making affiliate income on? Oh, so affiliate income has been first my webcam model link. Then um, so in the adult entertainment space online, there is affiliate networks like Crack Revenues, My Free Cams, um, Pussy Cash. And then a whole bunch of them. So like they would have, you would sign up as an affiliate. They will list all their websites that they have in their network. And I would promote the membership site in that network. So like before OnlyFans, for you to build a membership site, you had to learn Dreamweaver, HTML coding, JavaScript, all those things. And then you would would attach a billing processor to that website to collect the payments. And then they will log in and get, yeah, the whole technical thing that we don't do anymore. We just click a button, upload content. Before that, it was done by scratch. So I had a website like that. It was in a network. It's still online because I don't own the content of it because of intellectual property. Mm -hmm. But that website and that network, that link I would post out in my blog or I would advertise on a directory website for adult entertainment. And then if people clicked on that link and purchase, I would get a sale. And then now on YouTube with um, online digital courses, like people on Gumroad, mm-hmm. I can, cause the way I can review a product on my YouTube channel and get people to go buy it. That's the same. It's just a different link being given content and then given a purpose of visiting the link to go purchase. Whoa. All right. Okay, so that was my last, last question. And I, again, thank you so much. I have learned a lot. I I hope that this conversation for the listeners um, really gave them some insight into a, um, a profession that a lot of us don't know enough about. And I feel like aren't respectful about in terms of why people are doing this work, safety, um, just all the things. If you could share how we can support you, that would be great. And also your Twitter threat, your Twitter handle, because you know, you, you pop off on there too. That would be awesome. So my Twitter is only mini triple X, like the rating of triple X when you watch videos. Um, and uh, my YouTube channel is mini C Riley. Fantastic. Minnie, I wish you all the best. Thank you so much. This was a great conversation. Like, I'm serious. This was a really good conversation. I just wish you all the best. It's been wonderful. Thank you.